0: Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the mental health podcast. Um, I have Moshe here with me. Um, hey Moshe, how how are things with you? I'm good, Sanjay. How are you? I, I'm doing good as well. Um, it, it's just been a lot of conversations, a lot of interesting questions, you know, and 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 um, it, the whole journey has been very exciting for me. And uh, you know, I just have to be grateful. For for all the people who have you know taken the time, for all the people who are listening in, and yeah. uh, you know uh, for all the you know ideas that sort of come up uh, by you know, having these conversations. Yeah,
1: first of all, thank you for having me over here, and uh, I also have my own podcast uh, related to uh, product management, and uh, it's a similar idea over there that um, I learn all the time. I mean, I've done so far with my co-host Matt Green, we've done um, about eighty episodes. And every time we learn that we do, we learn new things. Mm -hmm. So um, meeting new people and learning new things, that's really why we do that. So it's it's great.
0: Definitely, yeah. And Mm -hmm. you know, the first thing that I ask people to do is like give yourself an elevator pitch, right? For one, it keeps you sharp. And for two, it gives people a perspective of like who you are and where you're coming from. Right,
1: yes. Do I need to get into the elevator to do it?
0: Uh, hi, <laughs> the, the, the choice is yours. but
1: uh. <laughs> I'm living on the first floor here, so I don't have an elevator. Uh, yes, yeah, so who is me? Who is Moshe? Uh, so my name is Moshe Mikanovsky, and um, I am um, um, really... I'm a product person. So uh, when I'm saying product person, I mean uh, t- technical product. Uh, I've been developing software products for many, many years. Um, I started my way as uh, a software developer. Uh, For about 20 years I was uh, being on that side of engineering and um, I never really had any product management back then so I was lucky enough to work for small organizations that I had either direct access or I was able to access my clients and talk with them and see how they work and Um, come up with what is their problems and then come up with the solutions for the problems so I was really doing the product manager job without even knowing that and I uh, switched my career to only focus on product management which is uh, one thing that I really love doing, being that bridge between the business and the clients to
0: the engineering Definitely, oh wow Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, um, you know, one thing that I've seen sort of evolve in in the tech space itself is that, you know, we've formed suitable functionalities for people. You know, you can be a developer now, you can be a product manager now, you can be a program manager now, you know, mm-hmm. and like the, the distinction wasn't as clear for us when it started, but like, I, I I get what you mean when you say, now you can say, hey, you know what, I, I just want to be a product manager and I can just work on sort of products.
1: And, and it took me a while to figure out that that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I was good at what I was doing as as a software developer and I was a CTO of a startup and I had, Mm -hmm. you know, a team of developers and, um, you know, other technical people, IT, etc. But uh, when I found out about, you know, what product management is all about, I was really um, like, yes, I I can focus just on that and create that value, even if I don't write, you know, code. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time, before that, I was also the bottleneck of creating any code because I was managing a team. So when, mm-hmm. when you have that responsibility, usually you cannot really even focus on writing writing code yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also tired a bit to learn new technologies all the time, uh, to chase mm-hmm. over, uh, over uh, uh, new technologies. And they're like if you'd ask me to develop anything these days i probably wouldn't do what wouldn't know what to do with all the different technologies <laughs> that are existing out there um right. so <laughs> it's um i'm i'm very happy that i made that that switch
0: definitely yeah and uh, thank you for uh, sharing that part of your story as well um, mm-hmm. you know I, I, I know you mentioned your own sort of personal struggles and you know today I feel like everybody has their own sort of individual struggles and you know that sort of brings me to the podcast as well like you know yeah what does sort of mental health mean to you right like so that, that that's how I want to sort of start this conversation as well so yeah. here you go
1: it's a, such um, an important question and it's also I think it's very hard to nail down a specific answer. I could probably you ask me every day what it means. I probably will give you different answers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's based on my mental health that day, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, be content and be happy with where I am rather than trying to chase after happiness or to chase after other things. I think mm-hmm. that's what mental health means to me that mm-hmm. If I'm healthy with like, I'm I'm happy with what I have and I'm happy with, and content in what I do and, mm-hmm. and my surrounding, then mm-hmm. uh, my mental health, I feel it is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all want to be healthy and we most of the time think about physical health. Like mm-hmm. I, I broke my arm earlier this mm-hmm. year and, you know, that was a very like just a sudden thing that happened because I slipped on some ice and mm-hmm. uh, you can go back you can reverse it but you feel the pain for a long time and then you go through mm-hmm. um you know physiotherapy and i still until now it's not like 100 uh, mm-hmm. but it's acute and it's there and you know how to define it as as um you know physical health but mental health mm-hmm. is more like okay am i mentally healthy right now or am i not mentally healthy right now
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so it's really about that uh, um um in the moment or and in general being content with where i am in life what is my situation um, Mm -hmm. and that contentness creating happiness to me i guess
0: definitely and and you know thank you for for mentioning that aspect of as much focus being put on physical health and like how much uh, precision we have in terms of how we diagnose problems And how much precision we have in terms of treating problems and understanding, you know, what uh, problems we have and, you know, learning, you know, you said physiotherapy. So, you know, that's all sort of coordinated and, you know, uh, designed in such a way that, you know, people can get to a place where, hey, you know what, something is not working or something is broken right now to, to getting to a place where, hey, I say, you know, I am more or less better than like where i used to be yeah and like you yeah. know and this is something that i'm trying to do from the mental health perspective as well yeah and i'm saying hey you know what uh if you're struggling if you are in a space where you don't understand why you're unhappy or why you're sort of feeling certain things how do you sort of go about you know um yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I de- dealing with uh, those emotions as well it's actually,
1: um, it raises to me personally as a product manager, it raises a very interesting uh, point because to me, mental health and what you said about all those things we know about physical health, because physical health is something that historically has been dealt with much more, much longer time and mm-hmm. much more. Um, you know in depth and there is so many areas of the physical health where mm-hmm. mental health until recently wasn't even recognized as an issue like mm-hmm. uh, many cultures has taboos about it i grew mm-hmm. up in a culture that had taboo about it when i was younger um mm-hmm. and um because it's such a new things and it's very hard to point um you know where is the problem and stuff like that i guess mm-hmm. there is less Acceptance and you still have to deal with understanding it. Product management is actually quite similar to that. And mm-hmm. because in in the area of technology, software mm-hmm. development and, and IT in general and hardware in general has been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just been developed so much and the processes have been developed so much that mm-hmm. there is a lot of knowledge and know how and and people know exactly what to do. Even still, mm-hmm. it's still been developed. But when okay. you're talking about product managers, I've been asked this week. What is the biggest struggle that product managers have? And mm-hmm. I would say, big, biggest struggle is people not understanding why we, they need us. Mm-hmm. And and it's like that parallel between physical health and mental health and mm-hmm. uh, technology in general and product management kind of struck me when you said that. So I
0: wow, I'm, I'm going to
1: use this analogy in the future when people ask me about what is product management, I will tell them it's like mental health people don't really understand it yet.
0: Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I mean that that was such a beautiful analogy. I mean like yeah and this is one of the reasons why I have these conversations as well. Mm-hmm. Um and and you mentioned something about culture, right? And like uh, I I was just curious like um so can you talk a little bit about your own culture and your own yeah. history and like you know uh, your own sort of transition um yeah. uh, to where you are as well yeah so
1: i was uh born and raised in israel um mm-hmm. and um uh, you know israel is a jewish country the only jewish mm-hmm. country out there and mm-hmm. um i was also bo- uh, born and raised uh, orthodox jewish uh which has mm-hmm. very specific rules and specific way mm-hmm. of living um there are many flavors of um uh you know orthodoxy judaism so mm-hmm. you know there is more liberal and modern and there is more you know, uh, conservative and and um, uh, very ultra orthodox. If you know that mm-hmm. um, the, the people that do wear black and Hasidim or or stuff like that. So there is right. um, also a lot of flavors there. Uh, I mm-hmm. was kind of like, you know, more toward the modern end of things. Um, mm-hmm. So we, for example, we had a TV at home um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and stuff like that. I went to the army. Um, mm-hmm where you know some people that are more like to the extreme end of things they will not have a tv they will not go to the army and and things like that Mm -hmm. um but in general there is uh the specific things like i mentioned before you know mental health was very a taboo thing people didn't really talk about it Mm -hmm. um you know it's either you're normal or you're crazy then there is nothing Mm -hmm. nothing in between Mm -hmm. um I, i think you know um you know 40 50 years ago that was also very similar in other countries not just in Israel so it's not like mm-hmm. unique to Israel but mm-hmm. it might be that you know in the, in that environment of um, or in Jewish orthodoxy that there is a it's a more close knit uh, um, you know communities that mm-hmm. are trying to protect themselves and many times when communities try to protect themselves they have this um, Protection also against new things like you know like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's my background. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where I come from. Um, mm-hmm. I moved to North America after my army service. So mm-hmm. uh, in my mid twenties, um, mm-hmm. I was first in the US, um, mm-hmm. and then I moved to Canada, and I'm still in Canada in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first, first uh, generation immigrant. <laughs>
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing that. And like, you know, I think uh, one thing that I realized along the way is um, the way you sort of remove this stigma or the way you remove um, this ignorance is by talking about it and like, you know, just sharing individual experiences on you know how you have sort of gone through uh, you know your own journey um uh, for one makes people feel like you know they belong to the community and for two it, it also gives them that perspective that you know just because you're talking about it doesn't mean that you know uh, something wrong is happening or you know you're mm-hmm. not doing uh, you know you're not going away from your own sort of beliefs or you know uh faith-based mechanisms as well yeah
1: i think i think that's that's absolutely one of those things that just by talking about it it doesn't mean that you know you're a bad person uh Mm -hmm. for sure or that you're changing anything um but it also normalizes things for people so i I look at the young generation today you know my kids they're young adults and Mm -hmm. in their generation not talking about these things is the bad thing so it's Mm -hmm. like it's upside down it's really 100, 180 degrees where um if they you know if someone is not talking about mental health or someone is does, is not um many times we're joking sometimes you know the parents if mm-hmm. a kid doesn't ha- doesn't have um an educational problem at school then they are they are not normal right mm-hmm. so,
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, like, I, I, I totally agree that, you know, uh, there is this transition that's happening. Uh, but, you know, the, but at the same time, there is uh, overconsumption of, like, everything, uh, you know, and, like, like you were mentioning, you know, your sort of attendance of coalition sort of conference, wherein, like, you know, th- there is so much information out there uh, that, you know, at times it becomes a struggle for people to sort of understand you know what to take in and what not to yeah Um, yeah um and like so so the other thing that i sort of wanted to get at is like since you mentioned product management and you know if you were to consider mental health as a product like you know what are some of the things that you can see are the good things about it the bad Mm. things and some of the Mm. unknowns so let's sit and solve this from a product management standpoint.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting question, because I always try to think about everything that I do, every project I'm I'm looking at or working on as a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I I also wrote a book, and I published it. So I looked at that, OK, this is my product. What do I have to mm-hmm. do to make it better and stuff like that? I looked at different projects that I do at home. Like, this is a product. What do I have to do? So mental health as a product this is a really i i don't think i ever thought about it that way but i should because that's in my nature now um you know i think that uh part of it one of the 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 main things we like to do in product management is to identify where the problems are and what are the real problems Mm -hmm. so so that's the first thing you know what where are the problems in people mental health and and you know what is their job to be done when they're trying to become healthy and then we're trying to come up with solutions for that with we don't try to come with the solutions on our on our own you know we have a mm-hmm. team with us we have engineers we have designers um so so what are the different solutions we can come up for mental health and uh that's where we need to look for the experts right so if I would look for an engineer today that is an expert in back-end development or front-end development, and here I will look at a mental health ex- uh, you know expert that is maybe expert at um you know more of adult uh, health or or um, children health or
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: um and also look for different va- variety of um of um solutions so I would mm-hmm. not just look at one place, I would look at maybe Western and Eastern, you know, Faris mm-hmm. or whatever solutions, because they will have, so like meditation as one way that is coming from the Eastern, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, medicine or Eastern lifestyle or culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will see, okay, so what works, right? What, mm-hmm. um, I will do different um, trials to see, you know, what makes, more sense what works because different things works for different people in different ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i would say okay what works i will do different uh, proof of concepts or things Mm -hmm. like that and Mm -hmm. i would iterate on them until i find the right solution so that Mm -hmm. could be like one uh, thing something that works for one person might not work for another person but a combination Mm -hmm. of things so make it more personalized uh Mm -hmm. make it more um but um in product, we always start with what we call an mvp um Mm -hmm. minimum viable product so what is the minimum things that you can do to start doing something or start using that product uh with mental health i think that it could be a lot of small things or habits that you can create or Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. or different things so it's almost like, um, and that's maybe also the other things that is parallel to product, it's almost like it's a lifetime um, trial uh, and 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 learning. So Definitely. to get your mental health, you know, in check and then to keep it or to improve it, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with the product, like I always say, you know, we always say that product management is different from project management. Because mm-hmm. product has a beginning and an end and then you have another right. project another project product right. management you have a beginning you don't know where it ends unless mm-hmm. you sunset the product you can go mm-hmm. through many many iterations of the product make it better improve it on an ongoing basis Definitely. um so mentor uh, uh, monitoring sorry monitoring mm-hmm. the product is an important thing and that's mm-hmm. where i would monitor the mental health to see okay what do i need to improve what mm-hmm. is the data that tells me that something is going on, um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that?
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, like I, I've never sort of looked at it from an end-to-end perspective, from 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 a mental health standpoint. But like you know, just I'll just give you some pointers that I got from you. Like mm-hmm. you know, that to start off, we need to define an MVP. So you said uh, so. If it is an MVP, like you know, it could be some habits some uh, you know procedures that we can do that we can take either from the Western side or from the Eastern yeah. side. Um, and then, you know, look at it in terms of, uh, you know, uh, how can we use um, s- certain metrics to, you know, c- keep track of like, you know, how the, the, yeah. the, the habits are impacting you like continuously yeah. monitoring that and yeah. then, you know, and iterate. Over, you know, some of the the, the things that you do, yeah. Um, yeah. and see if like you know, wh- by doing this, are you seeing any improvement, or you know, are you seeing sort of negative yeah. impacts of it? And and finally, you know, um, if something works, you know, keep at it because there is no end. Right? Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. And maybe even one thing we
0: we forgot to mention in the process is
1: when you define the problem up front, so you see first what the problems, so you can develop that MVP. When you define this problem, you, c- you can also define what are the strategies where you're trying to get to. So you're trying to get to, you know, a balance uh, in life. Uh, you know, a healthy mental health. Maybe you're trying to get to situations that you don't go into depression at all, or you maybe one day a, w- a month you can go down, but the rest you want to be in a certain level. And then you define your what we call KPIs, key performance indicators. So you can say, okay, this will be my success criteria. This is where I'm successful. And then mm-hmm. th- when I monitor it as I go, I can say, okay, now I'm successful or not, or or stuff like that definitely
0: yeah i mean mm-hmm. like uh, the more granular you get the better because like like you said yeah like, you know what is what is an acceptable solution to the problem and that's yeah. up for you uh to decide as well and yeah. like you said like the uh the other thing that sort of gave me a parallel um in terms of when you said hey uh you know mental health the definition sort of changes every day and that sort of gave me a parallel to the llms that that are there today like you know you ask them the same question at different times and you get a different answer to to the to the same question and 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 and, you know that that was kind of fascinating as well in terms of you know generating parallels yeah um you know one thing that I also wanted to ask you was like, you know, you said you sort of moved from Israel to North America, you know, and, mm-hmm. and one thing that I feel like is a struggle for people when they move to mm-hmm. a different country is, yes. you know, understanding, uh, you know, everything that comes with it. Yes. Right? Can, yes. can, can you talk a little bit about your own sort of experience of like how yes. that sort of impacted you and like how did you go about sort of handling it or dealing with it? Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's a very good question. Um, When I moved, um, I didn't move alone. I moved with my wife. So Mm -hmm. I had, you know, we were our each other support system in a very small unit. And Mm -hmm. then uh, we were seeking a local community to be part of. So we knew Mm -hmm. that if we're alone, it would be much harder. Uh, one of the nice thing about um, Jewish Orthodoxy is that it's a very community-based type of um, you know culture. So wherever you go, you need to find a synagogue and you need to find kosher food and uh, the people that will run the synagogue and the people that will be you know have kosher food um, establishments like restaurants or, or um, stores, they mm-hmm. will live in the same area because you cannot drive to the synagogue on, on the Sabbath. So mm-hmm. you when you look uh, to move to a certain city and, and you are from this background and culture, you will mm-hmm. say, okay, what are my options in that city? Where is the Jewish mm-hmm. community? And then mm-hmm. you kind of live there. And mm-hmm. once you live there, you started having this, um, you know, community... Uh, really helping you you get friends, new friends in that community. And mm-hmm. and they're very close-knitted. So it mm-hmm. does help uh, a lot from the mental perspective. It mm-hmm. helps with, um, you know, helping with, like, uh, local things, like where do I find these things and what does this thing mean and where is mm-hmm. a more... Um, more uh unsafe area of the city that i should avoid and you know mm-hmm. all of those things and when we moved to north america we it was in a very early times of the internet so a lot mm-hmm. of the information you didn't have google even back then so a mm-hmm. lot of this information was not even very readily available so you needed that local community to support you uh, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, you're far away from your family, you're far away from the language that you grew up with. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of these like, um, you know, um, new things you have to deal with and not have your immediate family support uh, next to you because... They have to fly twelve hours to get to you mm-hmm. with the two connecting flights because there is no direct flight, and um, mm-hmm. even just talking on the phone is harder. And you know, so mm-hmm. so it's all it's all you know a much a much uh, more um, complex thing. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, my my kids were born um, in North America, so we you have to deal with that on your own as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I In the US, I was with a um, uh, working visa and then I had to leave mm-hmm. the US because my visa expired over there. So that's mm-hmm. where I moved to Canada. And then you have to deal with the different type of immigrations and and then mm-hmm. trying to get, uh, you know, to be um, um permanent resident over here. And then, so you, you mm-hmm. deal with things that the normal people in the, that are born over there don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a lot of those things that, People don't know when they don't move from one country to another, they don't know what immigrants have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when we when we left um the US, we were like, Okay, we still want to stay in North America, so the options were either Mexico or Canada. And mm-hmm. then we said, Okay, Mexico, we don't know Spanish, so it's probably Canada. In Canada, we don't know French, so it's not Quebec, and Montreal. <laughs> right. Right. So you have also you know, the language barriers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh do you want to start again learning a new language or do you want to to be able to continue working and would you have a job um mm-hmm. uh, would you be able to drive you know with the same driver license that you had before do you have to go through the process again? Uh mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things and everything like that does affect your mental health and uh but in different ways to different people mm-hmm. because you always have this um also to me at least an excitement of going to a new place and mm-hmm. learning the new place and finding you know what's around and you know what's touristy over here and I could go and see it and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, so so on one hand you have this excitement on the other hand you're doing it on your own and you don't have your other support and yet when I moved to Canada I have to find again this new support system of local people and Again, where are the synagogues, where are the kosher places, where is everything? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's all mm-hmm. it's all been uh, uh, very um,
0: demanding sometimes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think w- one thing that you mentioned resonated so hard. Like, you know, uh, people w- uh, that I didn't realize was that, you know, w- when I moved here, you know, I saw a lot of my own sort of fellow um, uh uh, Batchmates, fellow uh, people who came from the same uh, area that I was, tried to hang around with the same local community that you know they they hung around with. And what you said resonated so hard, and I was like, I always questioned that. Like, you know, what is my identity, right? Like, is my color of skin, is the language that I speak, or is the way I speak, is that all there is to me, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, do I do I just hang around the people that I know of? So that way, it gives me that sense of comfort. And I also yeah. resonated with the fact that of excitement of meeting somebody from a different culture. right? right? Meeting right. meeting, uh, and getting excited about it. But, yeah. but, you know, and it comes with so many challenges. Like you were saying, like, you know, it, you have to do all of this on your own, right? And yeah. you, you have to understand whom to trust. You have yeah. to understand whom you can trust. <laughs> because, you know, nobody uh, will actually tell you uh, in terms of yeah. where you can go you know in yeah. terms of the areas you can't go so yeah. you know yeah. that uh, definitely that sort of resonated um, mm-hmm. very hard and uh, I, I remember
1: yeah. a, another example i remember um we wanted to we like to go to comedy shows like mm-hmm. stand-up comedy and stuff like that so in the mm-hmm. states we went to um uh what was it uh, i don't remember the name of the show but we went to this stand-up uh, improvisation show with mm-hmm. some couple of friends. I think it was in the second year that we we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of why we might like to do it is we also we like to immerse ourselves in the local culture. But mm-hmm. to tell you I understood, you know, even 50% of the jokes, I probably would lie because <laughs> they were all very local about, you mm-hmm. know, local people, local things. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. make you feel like uh not there yet. You're not, you know, you're mm-hmm. still a foreigner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so, so it's i think this feeling goes away more and more and more as you're getting more familiar with the area and you have mm-hmm. new- newcomers that they experience the same thing and you already don't experience this and stuff like that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my kids still laugh at my accent sometimes so for some of the words i'm saying in english that they, mm-hmm. they find hilarious so <laughs> it's uh I, I think it's very hard to completely become 100% like someone that was born over there.
0: Definitely. Um, And, you know, I was having this conversation with a Harvard professor and I asked her this question. So uh, I asked her, how important is it for individuals to be bilingual? How important is it for, you know, uh, people to know their own local languages? um that you know they come up with especially immigrants who come up with you know from different communities how important is it for them to know um and talk in their own languages and she said uh, you know uh, your basic form of expression comes with your identity with the local language that you speak with and she said i encourage everybody to be bilingual multilingual because like you know it opens up a lot of doors for you. And uh, on the other hand, it sort of gives you higher cognitive capacities to sort of be able to communicate in different languages, in, Mm -hmm. you know, different ways to express yourself as well um mm-hmm. and and you know the, the other thing i asked was also around accent right like the, the um, and this is something that i've seen which d- d- gradually changes with people the longer they stay here and i i, I wonder are we sort of code switching are we sort of you know becoming so homogenous with the society here that we are forgetting who we are uh, that we are forgetting you know yeah. who, who we used to be um yeah. you know uh, to, to make other people feel comfortable and familiar with you know the the way we speak as well
1: it's a really really interesting question because there is a you know a lot of many different aspects to that Um, i can tell you you know just from my specific experience being jewish that um you know part of being jewish is about the land of israel and not not just the state of israel but the land of israel in general and Jewish people all over the world are very connected to Israel, whether they were born over there or not. Mm-hmm. So there is that uh, sense of we cannot lose that connection, and we celebrate, you know, Israel in different ways. You know, everyone mm-hmm. in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it, it's it's I, I found it sometimes unique in a way that. For example, um, you know, when I move to North America, I will not adopt Christmas just because it's a local holiday. Because Christmas mm-hmm. to me, it's it's a Christian holiday. Mm-hmm. But I've seen many immigrants from many different countries do, do um, adopt Christmas, even though they never celebrate it in their homeland. To them, it's just, you know, it's a t- satirical holiday. It's a nice holiday where you buy gift and you put a tree and you have dinner, which mm-hmm. kind of lost the meaning of its Christian meaning, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I I think that it really depends on, you know, a lot of aspects in everyone's life, how Mm -hmm. much uh, you have that still connection with your original country or not. Mm -hmm. And then if you have kids that are born, you know, in your new country, you know, Mm -hmm. how much of your original, you know, um, culture or or, um, religion or, you know, uh, language or whatever it is you instill in them um mm-hmm. and and that's i know over time it does it that it that dissipates and it does you know the the um you, you become you know your kids become much second generation because much more ingrained into the uh um, mm-hmm. because they don't have the accent and then uh they're kids probably will be even much more and their kids might even forget that we a, ever came from
0: these countries right mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting to think about definitely and um yeah and and you know th- we speak a lot about culture and sometimes you know that the, the sometimes I wonder, you know, as I assimilate into a different country, to a different, you know, uh, different uh, group of people, okay. I wonder how much of my culture do I want to retain and how much of my, uh, what parts of my culture are so important to me, you know, that I don't want to let go of. And, and and you mentioned it so well, so saying that, you know, I still go to the synagogue and I still eat certain kinds of food and I still celebrate certain festivities. To remind myself that hey, you know what, I this, this is where I come from, and mm-hmm. this is what I, I I this is where I belong, and this mm-hmm. is you know this, these are some things that I don't want to let go of because that that, that is part of my identity as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um. So you know, I ask people you know in general, like on a day-to-day basis, like what do you do to sort of prioritize your mental health or like you know to take care of your mental health? You know, what would be your answer? to to, uh, that question
1: yeah that's um a very important question i learned mindfulness a while ago so i'm trying to still if not you know if not doing um a meditation on a regular basis which i used to do but at Mm -hmm. least to be mindful about what i do do it and and you know why i do it Mm -hmm. um so so that's i remind myself all the time you know try to to be in the moment and stuff like that I also mm-hmm. love yoga, so I love practicing, you know, breath and and yoga um, stretching and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't do it every day; I do it like once a week. But mm-hmm. at least you know I have that habit to do. Mm-hmm. Um, weekend I I really don't like working on the weekend, so I try to make it completely family-oriented and and mm-hmm. to to unwind from the, the weekdays of working and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if I do things that might be to other people relate, it seems like work, like, I don't know, I'm recording my podcast or whatever it is. It's because I enjoy it and it's fun for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then, uh, you know, um, the, the having the balance that you you really, you know, uh, uh, work life balance is is not just the same. It's an actual thing. So mm-hmm. um you know going to sleep uh, and and, and sleep enough hours uh mm-hmm. do um you know exercises when i need to do it um uh, mm-hmm. this one is, i probably cheat the most but <laughs> but, but, but uh, i know it's important so so i mm-hmm. sometimes i have to force myself to to do it um and and try to also laugh a lot and have fun you know watch comedies mm-hmm. or shows tv shows that make me laugh or laugh with my family um -hmm. because that's also i know it's 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 healthy um -hmm. so you know it's it's um it's um i i don't say that that sometimes i don't have hard times or that i don't have low low energies or low times but at least i'm i'm trying to identify it and say yes this is a hard time I had uh-huh. uh, in the past those times, so I know that it will go away. I just uh-huh. have to ride it uh, uh-huh. and be mindful about the situation and and then try to see, you know, what... Not try to force it, so not try, uh-huh. try to force to change it, but try to see, you know, what things I can do differently that would uh-huh. probably help me get away from that quickly. So if uh-huh. it is to take a walk or it is to take a break or to mm-hmm.
0: watch a funny show or whatever. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, thank you for highlighting that, you know, everybody has lows. And just because you are feeling low today doesn't mean you're gonna feel that forever. You just have mm-hmm. to write through it. And you know it it, it is something that people uh, should. I don't I shouldn't say should I should, uh, I say I should say uh, <laughs> the, the should comes by default. But you yeah. uh, know um I, I I want to say that you know le- this is to be mindful of.
1: Yeah, So um... it did, it wasn't easy to get to that state. I mean, it took me many years to get to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I uh, when I lost my job, I I was laid off three times in my career. So when I lost my job, mm-hmm. well, actually I would say maybe four times. But uh, when I lost my job the first time, I was very really depressed. So because mm-hmm. I kind of defined myself and and you know as what I was doing, and I was very stressed about you know, the financial situation, how I will be able mm-hmm. to support my family. And mm-hmm. I kind of f- try to force myself to get out of that situation of the in depression. But mm-hmm. the only thing that really helped at the end was that I found a new job. So, and mm-hmm. and then I realized, and then I got laid off again a year after and mm-hmm. I knew something that's not the right way to go by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so so I, I did a lot to, you know, that's where I went and learned mindfulness and I learned and did different things. And also I changed to product management because I knew I will be happier doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but it, it, you know, everything I said before didn't come easily. So I don't want mm-hmm. people to feel discouraged if they hear me saying, you know, don't force it on yourself to get out of it, because I know it's someone in depression it's very hard to tell them you know don't force yourself out of it or force yourself out of it it's yep. they have to take their own um journey mm-hmm. to, to understand it but they have to make some steps to to get it so they, they have to want to do it so as long as mm-hmm. you want to 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 be healthy i think mm-hmm. you you can do it even though it's sometimes it seems very hard
0: definitely and yeah and thank you for highlighting the aspect of layoffs because you know a lot of people are dealing with that today and you know and i read a lot of posts which said hey i got laid off twice you know in the last year and you know and the, the, the amount of impact it has on people um you know psychologically in terms of their own identity in terms of finances Right. Um, All these things, I think, uh, need to be spoken about and highlighted more and more often. So that way, you know, people don't feel alone or people don't sort of give up um, at, you know, different stages um, as well. Um, You know, and and one thing that I'm trying to be more inclusive is like I'm asking people like, you know, when you're feeling that sense of overwhelm, is there a, a statement? Is there something that you say to yourself? And like, this could be in English or in your own local language, right? Something that you say to yourself that, you know, you know, that, you know, things will be okay. Or like, you know, so, um, so, so, uh, and people have told me different things and in Greek, spoken in like, you know, Spanish, you know, and, and that sort of makes me feel better because like, you know, I'm including different people and different yeah. from that.
1: Well, in Hebrew, there is, um, you know, people like to say, yeah, said do uh-huh. means it will be fine uh-huh. it's it's told in different contexts actually <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: because it could be talked in a context of you know now it's not fine so it will be fine in the future uh-huh. so don't worry Ab uh-huh. um but it's also sometimes um you know in the context of like, don't worry i know what i'm doing you know you, mm-hmm. let's say you have a tradesman and the tradesman tells you all oh, you, you you want trying to check with the tradesman how to do something and say don't worry it will be fine so mm-hmm. so the context is important right um you know i think this is one of those things that um kind of um you know pe- people trying to be resilient in israel about like even if you don't know how to do something, it will be fine. We'll get there. We'll, we we'll, we get to the bridge. We'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll find a ways or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, one of the things that I learned from my therapist a while ago, one of the tools he gave me was mm-hmm. to, so that's not a specific saying. It's more of a tool that I'm using. It's mm-hmm. that when you're successful with something or when something works fine, mm-hmm. write it down mm-hmm. and have like a success success journal, mm-hmm. because we are very, um, in our in our core, people are quite pessimistic. Mm-hmm. And we, don't, mm-hmm. we tend to look at the bad things. We tend to remember the bad things and not the good things. So mm-hmm. when you are in a bad time, you look at your success journal mm-hmm. and you say, okay, I was successful. It's not a lie. I didn't lie to myself. Because your brain mm-hmm. will try to tell you differently. It mm-hmm. will try to tell you, no, it wasn't you. It mm-hmm. was someone else they helped you, you're just, mm-hmm. um, you just, you think you were successful, but you're, so mm-hmm. um, write those success in your journal. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. It could be professional success. It could be interpersonal success. It could be, uh, you know, a creative uh, journey that you go through. It could be mm-hmm. going up in the, in the levels in your, com- in your company or your career. But it could mm-hmm. be also on your mental health. Like
0: mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm.
1: successful, getting right in a wave of depression, or you were successful overcoming a challenge that you had. Uh, write mm-hmm. it down, and then mm-hmm. remind yourself yourself later on, and you will see that uh, yeah, it's actually helping to remind yourself that you know mm-hmm. you're not you're not um, cheating yourself. You you are actually successful.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, th- thank you for mentioning that. And one other thing that I, I also sort of heard was that, you know, keep keep uh, a picture of every time somebody says, thank you, or somebody says, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate you, right? If somebody sends you an email, se- somebody sends you a message saying, hey, you know what? Thank you for all your support, right? Just yeah. take a picture of it and put it somewhere. And the like support. when you're feeling yeah. really low, uh, low, you know, just go 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 to that place and then just look at like how many people have appreciated you and like you know what you're yeah. really capable of right uh, yeah. and, uh, and and uh, you know uh, and you're right in in terms of like we being pessimistic w- one thing that i also read was like for every uh, uh positive uh, uh, sorry for every negative you need at least 5 to 6 positives mm. to sort of flip it around yeah. so mm-hmm. like you know you 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 need more positive encouragement you need yeah. more positive enforcement or reinforcement yeah. from from that standpoint yeah. so uh, uh, you know give yourself as much positive reinforcement uh, and that sort of uh, definitely helps you along the way absolutely yeah uh, uh, yeah the conversation has just been pure gold moshe and you know i I, mm-hmm. I ask people like you know what are a few things that you know you want people to take away from from this conversation
1: one thing to take away from this discussion or
0: from this discussion yeah yeah um
1: i think a few things i think that sure, uh, sure. yeah one, one, one thing was definitely what we talked about the parallels between mental health and product management to me it's yeah. like for yeah. other people what they want to take is um you know you're not alone mm-hmm. um you are you know and it's okay to talk about mental health uh-huh. And we are here, you know, probably, I can't talk for you, uh, uh, Sanjay, but for me, when I was, you know, in low situations in my life, you know, mentally, uh-huh. I would uh-huh. probably not come to this show. I would not talk about it like I'm talking about it, right? Uh-huh. So, so um, it's uh, the fact that we're talking here and we are very open about it and we are learning together about, you know, what it is and how we can improve ourselves. Mm-hmm. uh it's just a proof that it can be done mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah 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 and yeah thank you for highlighting those and a, a few things that i wanted to mention was in terms of positive affirmations right and you know just reinforce uh, that and the thing that you mentioned in terms of like your own successes you know keep track of it you know put it yeah. in a journal make sure mm-hmm. you know uh, you look at it when you're feeling low so that way yeah. uh, you know you you get excited about doing something yeah. and you get excited from how far you've come and like yeah. what all you've done along the way as well
1: i can tell you that over time um i have this um i had it in a journal these successes but then i read them so many times it kind of kind of etched in my memory so now it's it's a mental journal I can just mm-hmm. go to it, open a page, and see, oh, okay, I remember this success. I remember that success. So mm-hmm. it becomes so much like a habit that you don't even need the physical one,
0: wow, yeah, yeah. and I, I, it almost became a reflex memory of sorts wherein like yeah. when you when you are feeling low, your your mind automatically switches to that and exactly it's so it's a
1: really, really cool tool that he taught me and and I was able to to use and still use.
0: thank you thank you yeah. for sharing that and uh, Absolutely. here is inspiring I- inspiring more people to be open about their own mental health i and... really hope
1: so and that's also why i was really happy and excited to come to your podcast because you know people need to hear this more and more i'm sure there is many other places where you know people talking about it and hear it but if i can help someone then i'm i'm happy yeah thank you yeah